there was of course uh, a lot of shock, a lot of uh, happiness, a lot of pride because uh, we all know that this is the first time that uh, Singapore gets to send athletes to the games. Um, of course, within the box, there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, um, proud. I mean, members were proud. Box owners were very happy. Um, and also outside of the box, uh, I received a lot of support from people I don't know, um, people overseas, um, via social media, and of course, my family. This is episode number 122 with Ian Wee. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pursuing Health. I'm very excited about this episode because I'm going to be talking with a very special CrossFit Games athlete. Now, leading into the 2009 CrossFit Games, one of the things that I was personally most excited about was having the opportunity to see country champions who had previously never had any chance to compete at the CrossFit Games take the floor. You can imagine my excitement when I found out just a few weeks before the games that one of those country champions was a man from Singapore named Ian Wee, who, like myself, was competing in the CrossFit Games while he was also going through medical school. So I was hoping I'd have the opportunity to meet Ian and catch up with him in Madison. And when I ran into him at a local affiliate and he agreed to sit down with me for an episode of the podcast, I was very, very excited. A little bit about Ian. He is 25 years old. He is the fittest man in Singapore, and he earned a qualifying spot to the 2009 CrossFit Games through this past year's Open. He is also currently a student at the National University of Singapore, Yang Lu Lin School of Medicine. He's been doing CrossFit since 2013, but he's taken time away at various points to focus on his medical training. Interestingly, he's published over 50 scientific papers as a medical student. Um, And also he took some time away to compete as a national Olympic weightlifter for Team Singapore, where he set some national records in both the snatch and the total. So we sat down on the Sunday of the games to talk about his experience representing his country and also to compare notes on how he balances school with training and what he plans to do in the future. Now, before we get started, this is a reminder that although I am now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, we'll get started with episode number 122 of Pursuing Health featuring Ian Wee. So, welcome to Pursuing Health. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here with Ian Wee, Ian Wee, yes. excuse me, who is the fittest man in Singapore yes. and who just competed in his very first CrossFit Games. Yep. And is also in medical school. Yes. Which is so awesome. Um, yep. So something else that we have in common. Um, thanks for joining me. Yep. Um, so I want to talk all about your experience, but first let's go back and talk about your background. So. Were you always into sports growing up, or what? What was your athletic background prior to starting CrossFit? Yep. So um, when I was much younger, I did quite a number of sports, um, not at the highest level, but competitively. Okay. So I did soccer, um, badminton, um, karate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, more or less these sports okay. uh, in 
when I was younger. And then only when I was doing competitive soccer when I was about 15 or 16, uh, then my parents, uh, who were working out in a global gym, mm-hmm. uh, got me hooked me up with their trainer. Okay. And that was in, I think, 2013, I think. Okay. Thereabouts. Yeah. And so the personal trainer did a bit of CrossFit. And so he introduced me a couple of uh, CrossFit, CrossFit-style workouts, mm-hmm. CrossFit movements. And then I began venturing on my own, uh, doing trying out some of the CrossFit.com workouts okay. at home. Okay. Yeah. And then I started building like a home gym. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But that was tough because I, in Singapore, like houses are that big, we don't have that much space. We don't so have big garages. Yeah, to we, build we don't have yeah, we don't have garages. <laughs> yeah. So um, I had a couple of equipments, barbells, um, kettlebells, boxes, um, pretty much good enough for you know most of the workouts. Yeah. And then I trained on my own for about two years. Um, and then my mom persuaded me to join a box. Okay. Because she said, you know, you're just training alone. You don't know, you know, you, you can't benchmark yourself against others. Uh, it's better if you have a community. Mm-hmm. And so I think in 2015 or 2016, uh, she persuaded me to join a box. Okay. Yeah. And that's where it all started. And what was the difference that you noticed between doing it on your own and then when you joined the affiliate? What yep. changed? So um, definitely there are people... Um, I, w- I was actually surprised at my level back then. So it was quite interesting. Um, I went for a fundamental class mm-hmm. and they knew that I could do most of the movements. And so that's that, that, peri- that time period was also the open season, I think. 2015 okay. opens. Okay. And so the Saturday, the box owner invited me to the box to mm-hmm. witness this throwdown between their top athletes mm-hmm. and I think it was the last workout some trusted burpee workout and then I remember that that yeah, was awful yeah <laughs> and then they got me to do it and <laughs> I managed to beat everyone wow. in the box including wow. their top athletes and then um, that struck me and I felt hmm, maybe you know maybe I have some potential in this uh, in yeah. this sport yeah before that moment, did you ever think about competing, or was that a desire no. of yours at all? No, not at all. Yeah, and I wasn't. I wasn't that aware of you know the various competitions like mm-hmm. regional stuff like that. So I wasn't really into it. Yeah. So uh, were you doing it mainly just to stay in shape or for your health? Yeah, or? in shape. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, and then I started training a bit more seriously, and back then there were talks of you know trying to aim for regionals. Mm-hmm. I think it was back then. I think there was still Asia, Asia, the mm-hmm. Asian region. I think. Um, yeah and then about a year in I I had to um, I had to go to Sydney for my medical studies okay and those I saw my medical degree I did two years in Sydney before coming back to Singapore Um, but in Sydney it was difficult doing the opens because I wanted to represent my box in Singapore but I could only do the opens in a box in Sydney so Mm. and back then I was still settling down in school uh, so I decided not to do the opens. Okay. Uh, and then I went to try weightlifting. Uh, and I got picked up by the national coach in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the president who told me that, you know, give it a try. And then for the next two years, 2016 to 2017, I went into competitive weightlifting mm-hmm. for Singapore. Wow. Yeah. So what sorts of competitions did you do over that yeah. time period so I did a couple um, mostly regional competitions there was I think the biggest one was the Commonwealth Championships in 2016 mm-hmm. 
Yeah, back then I was competing as an under 69 kg lifter. Okay. Uh, and I had all, I was holding all the national records and stuff like that for Singapore. Wow. So that was quite a cool experience. That's crazy. And you yeah. had never had you ever done Olympic weightlifting before 2013 or whenever no. you started CrossFit? Wow. No. Yeah. That's very cool. So you obviously picked it up pretty quick. Yeah. Um. So you did that while you were at Sydney. You had a couple of years where you were really focusing on weightlifting. And yeah. then what made you decide to try to transition back into CrossFit competition? And so two years into Sydney, I applied for a transfer back to Singapore. So okay. the National University of Singapore. And I got accepted. And so when I came back to Singapore, um, they, my friends persuaded me to give CrossFit another go. Mm-hmm. But back then, I think it was 2017, I decided to, you know, give all of this a break and focus on research. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of research uh, in medical school, published um, quite a number of papers. Mm-hmm. Um, what areas were you researching? So largely surgical surgical papers. Okay. Most of them are review papers like meta-analysis, mm-hmm. systematic reviews. Okay. Uh, because I picked, that, picked, that, picked those skills up on my own. So I managed to publish quite a few papers, went for a few conferences. And so that entire year was nothing but research. research. Training was secondary. So that entire year I trained, you know, two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Uh, did, didn't, even, didn't even do much weightlifting. I was just running, mm-hmm. actually, because running, dema- running required the least amount of time. Yeah. Right. I don't right. need to go to a gym. I don't need to warm up. Just step out the door, go for a run. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I did for a year. Um, and then 2018, start of 2018 to the middle of 2018, I was still doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, only when there were rumors that they were changing the game's format mm-hmm. um, s- such that uh, the national champion may have a chance to go to the games, then I thought, hmm, maybe I might have a shot at it, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, once again, my friends convinced me, you know, to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think only when CrossFit made the official announcement, then I made the switch back to training okay. uh, regularly. Uh, yep. Wow, so it's been basically less than a year yeah. that you've been really fully training for this. That's yeah. pretty incredible. You were just running yeah. all last year. Yeah. And now less than a year of CrossFit yeah. training and you're at the Games. That's incredible. So... Where are you at in, I want to know kind of what your training schedule has been like this year. Where are you at in your medical studies? Um, What are you doing day to day in medical school? And then how did you fit your training in with all of those responsibilities? So uh, in Singapore, the the undergraduate, it is an undergraduate course. So it's five years. Okay. So first two years. And that's right after high school you go? Yeah, uh, Yeah, I think you call it, so we call it junior college. Okay. I think that's your high school. So like what? age do you 18. Start? at 18 you start yeah. junior college yeah. okay uh sorry 18 we finished junior finished college junior. okay yeah. so that would be like our high school yeah, yeah. correct uh and so i had to go through national service first and then okay. i went to sydney then come back and came back to singapore so now i'm in my fourth year of medical school okay it's, uh it's ultimate year so it's clinical mm-hmm. clinical rotations um so the schedule in terms of how I try to fit training in, it varies because different rotations demand, you know, different, there are different expectations, yeah. different workloads. So, for instance, when I was doing my surgical posting, I woke up, you know, as early as 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. to get my training done at f- from 4.30 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. Wow. And then I had to drive down to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was for surgery. Yeah. But for other postings uh, that, you know, that I could afford to... Uh, 
report a bit later. Yeah. <laughs> so I would typically train in, train at around seven eight seven to eight a.m. Uh-huh. and then do a second session at night. Okay, that's so yeah. crazy because when I did my surgery rotation yeah. here, we had to be at the hospital at four thirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking to surgical residents in in my <laughs> hospital that are from foreign countries. They say that that the U.S. is the only place that it's like that. Like in most yeah. other countries. You started a reasonable yeah, hour. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> years sounds Maybe that's why I decided not to go into yeah, surgery. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. okay, um, so you were still able to get some training in the morning and the evening. Yeah. But it was you had to be up pretty early to yep. do it. Okay. Um, now, why did you decide on medicine? Is it something that you were always interested in, or why why medical school? Um, to be honest, like you know, like in Asia, there's there's this whole culture where like parents traditional culture where. Yeah parents want their kids to either be lawyers or doctors, mm-hmm. right? So I wouldn't deny that there's some element of that sure. growing up. Sure. Um, but more and more so, as I find out a bit more about medical about medicine, I find that it is a very dynamic, uh, it offers a very dynamic career. Mm-hmm. You can work lifelong. With the degree, you can do many things. Mm-hmm. You can do, I mean, if you don't want to be a doctor, you can be, you know, you can work in a pharmaceutical company, you can do your own business. Uh, and within the hospital itself, there are many things you can do. You mm-hmm. can do research. If you don't like to see patients, if you like to see patients, you you know, you can see patients, you can treat patients, mm-hmm. or if you don't like that, you can do surgery. So medicine offers you a wide variety of options later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a fulfilling career, as cliche as it sounds. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and the thing is that your work changes on a daily basis, right? It is not, you don't do things, you don't, Every every day is different. Every mm-hmm. patient is different. Um, yeah, it's that's not predictable. Every yeah. person responds differently. Yeah. So yeah. So, and that's why I love about medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we were talking yesterday. You said that you're pretty sure you want to go into a surgical field. Yeah. Not sure exactly which one yet. Yeah. But what drew you to surgery as opposed to maybe a more medical field? Yeah. So I think myself. I think I'm quite an impatient person. Okay. Yeah. So in that sense. Um, as much as you know, chronic diseases are is a growing thing in Singapore. I don't think that sort of thing fits me. Yeah. I don't like to see patients coming back to me it's again and again and again for follow-ups. Very frustrating. Yeah. Yes. So I don't think that's my style. Uh, so I prefer something that's quicker, sh- shorter, sharper. Uh, where you know, the moment the patient wakes up from the bed, uh, the tumor is gone. He's fixed. His bones are fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more or less cured mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. So that's why I was drawn to sh- mm-hmm. surgery. You can have a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah, and really, I mean, physically, you can actually fix things right in front of your eyes, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, um, you said you're just finishing your finishing your fourth year or Uh, starting 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 fourth year. year. Okay, so you have basically two years left, and those are all clinical. Or do you spend then a lot more time in surgery towards the end, um, if that's what you're interested in? Uh, no. So. Uh, there are there are a fixed number of rotations mm-hmm. which you have to go through. Um, so, third year in the clinical, uh, I mean, uh, third year we had we had to go through the core rotations, mm-hmm. which is um, surgery, medicine, medicine. Uh, internal medicine, orthopedics, mm-hmm. pediatrics, and family medicine. Mm-hmm. Fourth year is a bit more of a, uh, I would say, a more relaxed year, where you go through the uh, other rotations, the smaller rotations like um, ophthalmology. Okay. ED, um, pathology, stuff that you probably only see once in your life mm-hmm. unless you intend to pursue. 
and then fifth year you go back to the core rotations. Okay. Um, yeah, and only I mean, and of, and of course there's a p elective period where you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. So now, talk to us about how difficult it was, or maybe easy it was for you to actually be able to take time off to come here to compete in the games. Um, so initially, I mean, it was difficult uh, because. For one, CrossFit isn't like you know an official Olympic sport mm -hmm. that the government recognizes. Yeah. Um, secondly, because I needed one week, uh, to I needed to come here a week earlier to acclimatize. That would mean that I uh, I had to apply for a two weeks leave, mm -hmm. and that exceeded the maximum number of uh, leave days uh -huh. I could apply for a specific posting. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a bit of a back and forth with the director and mm -hmm. coordinator. And I think with the help of, I mean, because there were a couple of um, um, uh, media mm -hmm. platforms, you know, publishing the news mm -hmm. on this CrossFit thing. So there was a there was a bigger awareness. They said, okay, this is a the real deal. Yeah, <laughs> You're not just is. going on vacation. Yeah. So that that might have helped. Uh, yeah, but at the end of it, they were very nice people, very understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And what was it like for you going through the Open this year and then finding out that you actually did? Or in that spot to come to the games. Uh, so I think I didn't. I mean, of course, I went into the opens with the goal of winning. Yeah. Uh, because I knew I had the chance, but of course, I wasn't certain that you know I would I would get top spot, especially after I think event one, which was I think wobbles and rowing. Right. Was totally not my thing. I'm short. I'm light. Yeah. So not good for short people. Yeah. <laughs> not good for yeah. It, it was the worst workout for me. So even in that workout, I was like. 10th in the box or something like wow. that yeah and like you know bottom down the leaderboard in Singapore um, but after event 2 which was a clean mm -hmm. clean workout I think yeah that bumped me back up okay. uh, and I knew that uh, the, the following 3 to 4 workouts would probably favour me mm -hmm. yeah because I'm not someone who who fancy rowing mm -hmm. um, assault, uh, assault bike stuff like that mm -hmm. machine stuff because I you know they, they typically favour the heavy guys yeah yeah, yeah. okay um, and so then once you found out that you earned the spot, what what sort of support have you felt around you, maybe with your fellow students, your family, friends, and then Singapore in general? Yeah, I, I think there was, of course, uh, a lot of shock, a lot of uh, happiness, mm -hmm. a lot of pride, because uh, we all know that this is the first time that uh, Singapore gets to send athletes to the Games. Mm -hmm. um, of course, within the box, there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, um, proud, I mean, Members were proud. Box owners were very happy, um, and also outside of the box, uh, I received a lot of support from people I don't know, um, people overseas, um, via social media, and of course my family, mm -hmm. uh, because also financially it is an expensive trip. Yeah, um, especially so coming from Singapore. Yeah, it is a long, far, pricey trip. So they were very willing to support me um, all out for this trip. Wow. And on top of that, I think the box was nice enough to organize a fundraising event uh, to raise funds for us. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So you came out here a week early. Yeah. What sort of things did you do when you got here to prepare for the competition um, and acclimatize? So, yep. so actually, I thought that I would need to acclimatize. I mean, there was a lot to acclimatize, but actually, in fact, uh, the weather here was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like Singapore is summer all year round, right? Uh -huh. When we came here, it was hot, like in Singapore, but it wasn't humid. Mm -hmm. So the te temperature-wise, it was not that bad. It was just the jet lag that I needed to overcome. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so I when I came here, I just did I think two sessions, mm-hmm. uh, like a deload stuff, deload week kind of um, thing, and then yeah, rested okay. the rest of the weekend. Yeah, have there has there been anything that you've done around Madison leading up to the competition, or things to kind of help yourself relax and get into the right mindset? Yeah, so I mean, Madison is really beautiful, and so my girlfriend and I we explored almost every of the uh, popular hike. Uh, hikes in Madison yeah. so we went to Devil's Lake uh, we went to I think Blue Mountain State Park uh, we actually also I think there's like a e-bike yes. thing the B the B-cycle B-cycle yeah. yes so we actually went on two occasions we actually uh, I think it was two days before the competition I can't remember Okay. but we took the bike and we rode a full loop around Lake Monoma, wow. Mono, Monona uh-huh. right yeah, yeah. Monona yeah, that, that took us like three to four hours that was quite fun wow cool yeah it was beautiful. Like the weather was good, scenery was good. Yeah, talk about a perfect deload week, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw some of your pictures on Instagram of the hikes. It yeah. looked really beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So, then, you get here. What was the first? I think that registration was maybe the first experience that you had being yeah. here on site. What was that like? Uh, I must say, it was. I didn't expect anything like that. It was quite overwhelming. Uh, it was very well, very well organized. Uh, the sponsors, Reebok, they were very generous with the stuff they gave. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I didn't expect any of that. Uh, yeah, so it was pretty cool. Like, uh, yeah, so I, th- I, that sort of put a stamp on mm-hmm. that. You know, like it was quite worth it coming all the way here. Yeah. Yeah. And what has it been like then meeting some of the other athletes and interacting with them at the athlete dinner and warming up? Yeah. So I think, um, you know. Before coming here, you watch them on TV, you watch them on YouTube, uh, you see them on social media, um, you you really, you know, you fan craze over them. But when you actually see them, uh, y- they're actually very, really very nice people. Mm-hmm. Very nice to talk to, um, easy to, they're very approachable, uh, despite them being so busy, mm-hmm. um, you know, even entertaining a whole lot of other people. So it was quite cool. And getting to, like, uh, getting to compete against Ben Smith in the same heat was pretty mm-hmm. cool. That was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. Is there anyone else that you were most excited to meet that maybe you've looked up to as you've gone through your training? Um, actually, not really. Uh, yeah. So, I don't think I'm someone who... Uh, I mean, of course, there are, there are people I idolize, yeah. people I you look up to. You don't get too starstruck. Yeah, I don't get too starstruck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. fair. It's probably a good thing for your competition advantage, yeah. too, that you're not going to get too nervous. Yeah. Um, so then take us through when you found out what the first event was. Obviously, this was a big test because a yeah. lot of people are getting cut. Yeah. So when you heard the event, what were your first thoughts? Um, when I heard Snatches, I was very excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, 185 pounds wasn't too bad. Like, uh, I knew, you know, I knew 185, I could str- string them easily. Yeah. It wasn't the problem. What was is it, your max, your best ever snatch? Uh, I think my one RM was, I think, 235 pounds when I was like 70 kg. Okay. Um, so, so 185 wasn't that bad. Something you could handle. Yeah, I could yeah. handle, yeah. But then, <laughs> legless row clients had to come uh. in. <laughs> yeah. And I knew all along that my biggest weakness is my grip endurance. Like okay. My grip, strength, yeah. and my grip endurance. And that was something I've been working with uh, throughout this prep, but probably still not sufficient. Uh, but yeah, it was a major turnoff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the snatches were like, whoa, yeah, snatches. You know, <laughs> everyone, everyone was telling me, yeah, it's your thing. Go for it, snatches, you know. Yeah. But then 
The Lego the rope climbs yeah. have to sneak in there. And I must say, like, in Singapore, like, the other thing I was, I think I totally underestimated the height of the rope. Yeah. Um, it was much higher than I thought. Like, in Singapore, we don't have that high ceilings. Yeah. Um, the boxes, I, the places I train at in Singapore, we have ropes, but they aren't that high. Mm-hmm. So, it was a totally different stimulus uh, during the workout itself. Completely, and yeah. I got, I was fright, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely different. And yeah. then on top of that, I think the environment, like being outside, having the yeah. sun. Yeah. Yeah. So after that workout, or I guess take us through kind of the workout. I mean, when it was three, two, one, go, you went off for the run. Yeah. What was your experience? So um, I knew I had to pace myself for the run because the, the round one is not going to be, you know, it's not going to determine the winner and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I knew I had to save energy. Uh, for the rope climbs mm-hmm. I didn't want to be Huffing and puffing mm-hmm. Going up the ropes So I ran I paced myself Pretty well on the, uh, on the runs But I think at the end of the day The ropes still Got the better Out of me mm-hmm. Like Yeah My endurance My upper body endurance was Just wasn't there mm-hmm. Yeah And it's a lesson I feel like So many athletes learn yeah. At the CrossFit Games And yeah. they come back Next year Stronger with a vengeance So yeah. After having completed That workout what were your thoughts? Is it something that is giving you more fuel to come back next year or are you happy with the experience the way it was? I'm definitely happy with the experience, but of course, uh, it definitely fueled me to, you know, work on this, you know, this big gap of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for sure, it was a major disappointment because um, I thought that, you know, snatches, right? And I, 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 never, I never thought that I would be eliminated because I can't do a movement Mm -hmm. if you know I was able to do everything but you know probably not fast enough um, I may may not have been that disappointed yeah but the very fact that I couldn't even do the movement was a big disappointment yeah Yeah. I think that makes it so much harder or you know being able to at least finish a workout or versus not getting it within the time cap or or being stopped by something like that it makes it a lot harder I think yeah Um, did you go to I think Greg Glassman had a dinner for the athletes. Yeah. It was that Friday evening or Thursday yeah. evening. Yeah. Did you go? Uh, the, you mean the athletes dinner? I'm not sure. Oh, the the private reception, right? Yes. I didn't go. I didn't you go. Didn't I had go. something on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, what have you, how have you approached the rest of the weekend? Now you're in Madison for a few more days. The CrossFit Games are going on. What are you doing kind yeah. of to celebrate the games are over? Uh, actually, we didn't do much much of a celebration. We just chilling, uh, but also. Actually, because both of us, my girlfriend and I, we have a weightlifting competition coming up oh, okay. in September. Um, so we're sort of rushing to prep for that. <laughs> it's about four to five weeks out. Oh my so gosh, so you didn't really take any time yeah. off. I saw you at the gym this morning. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so that, that was what I was there for. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're sort of trying to rush back into training, um, peaking ourselves for the competition. Okay. Yeah. And and what competition is that, I think? Uh, it's just a local weightlifting competition. In Singapore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, what, as far as your training goes, this whole season, did you have a specific coach or specific key people that helped you to prepare? Yep. So um, prior prior to, I mean, during the opens actually, uh, was so this uh, I think this this box from New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, CrossFit East Tamaki. Okay. I think they've been to the games a couple of times. Yeah. Um, the box owners actually programs programs for a couple of athletes in my box mm-hmm. so I just hop onto the program it's like a chat program okay 
Yep. But after they made the official announcement that you know I was going to the games, and then I decided to take thing take things a bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. I I thought that maybe an individualized uh, programming might might be better. Mm-hmm. So I went out to look for a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I asked Herbert Roberts uh, okay. from Australia. Yeah. Uh, Project X, right? Yeah. So they they are coach. I think Rob Rob from Raw Strength and Conditioning. I asked I asked her for his contact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I she managed to hook me up with him, and I told him that you know I won a coach, mm-hmm. and I was actually considering a few other people in the United States, mm-hmm. but I think because of the time zone difference, yeah, communication would be a problem, mm-hmm. and so I find that uh, I felt that you know maybe uh, Rob from Australia might be better mm-hmm. because it is just a two hours time difference. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be that bad. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and any thoughts about? I know it's just still new but any thoughts about how you might approach training for the, f- the upcoming year i mean i know now we've got the open coming up in october which is kind of crazy yeah um so i told myself um i'm actually because we we don't know whether things are going to change sure. right? whether the qualification format is going to change um but assuming if it doesn't change meaning to say the national champion qualification is still going to be uh there mm-hmm. Then, of course, I'll train for the next Opens, uh, train properly for the next Opens, uh, hoping to qualify again. Um, but if that doesn't happen, uh, if if the games are going to change again, uh, then I might uh, uh, sort of switch gears a bit to weightlifting, mm-hmm. um, try to go back to competitive weightlifting uh, for Singapore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And is that something, do you have any aspirations of trying to make I mean, the Olympics are coming up. Yeah. Is that something that's on your radar, or? Yeah. So actually, quite recently, um, I was I think just a month back. Yeah. Um, um, people from the weightlifting Singapore Weightlifting Federation told me that um, to come down for an assessment. Okay. Because uh, I think they were looking for athletes. They were selecting athletes for the Sea Games. Okay. Uh, which is the Southeast Asian Games. It's a big mm-hmm. competition. So. Um, I, and I ne- only needed a qualification total of 220 kg, mm-hmm. which wasn't that bad. Okay. Um, so I went down for the assessment. Um, and I managed to snatch 105 and uh, clean and jerk 135. Wow. Weighing in at 73 kg. Okay. Yeah. So my total was 240 kg, way above the, the qualification, the qualification yeah. mark. Then uh, the president came up to me and said that actually the deadline was over. Oh, he com- he mistook he mis- he mistook the deadline as uh, uh fifteen July, but it was actually fifteen of June. Oh, yeah. So um, that was meant to be on the radar, but now it's yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh, and so the next step would be to try to qualify for a couple of bigger competitions mm-hmm. that are sanctioned by the IWF. Okay. I think there's the Australian Opens. I think. There's also the Asian Championships, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, so that would be the next couple of goals Very over the cool. next few months. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I think we'll be excited either way if we see you again in the CrossFit Games or yeah. on the weightlifting platform. Sounds yep. like you have lots of opportunities yep. and still doing a great job of balancing it with your your studies and your medical career. Yep. Um, I like to close with three questions on the podcast that I ask everyone. Yep. So the first one is the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Okay. I think number one, um, 
I think it's getting to train mm-hmm. uh, because I think training keeps me going. And I must say, I love training. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm addicted to it, but you know, it keeps me physically and mentally, you know, up and about during the day. Sure. Um, I think the second one is, uh, of course, spending time with my loved ones. Uh, so I'm fortunate, you know, that I get to train with my partner every mm-hmm. night um, after hospital. It's something I look forward to mm-hmm. uh, because the ho- you know time in hospital can be that draggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be so long, tiring mentally and physically. So. That is something I truthfully look forward to every at the end of the day mm-hmm. to be able to train with my partner. Yeah. Uh, and I think the last one is um, actually I think food. Um, I'm actually a food lover. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, right now um, I look forward to actually cooking every day, cooking my meals. In the past, I used to eat junk, like complete junk. <laughs> yeah. Not counting anything, mm-hmm. eating lots of crap. But now I look forward to actually um, cooking my own meals every night, mm-hmm. sitting down, uh, eating, you know, eating proper, properly, eating slowly, stuff like that. Yeah. So these, I think, are the three things. Very good. And do you follow any specific guidelines for your nutrition? Are you tracking macronutrients or do you have any guidelines for the quality of food that you're eating now? Um, so, yeah. So with with uh, my coach, he also... He also brought in his dietitian for me. Okay. And so, the good. So I think you can. I think her Instagram handle is the Sports Dietitian. Mm-hmm. So the good thing about uh, her, you know, her platform is that she doesn't give you any macros. Okay. So you actually don't have to count anything. She gives you the exact diet plan and mm. recipe for each and every meal. Perfect. And she doesn't want you to count anything. Just fo- just follow the recipe. Follow mm-hmm. the meal plan. Uh, yeah. So that's that. That has been pretty helpful. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, what's one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you have a hard time implementing it? Um, I think I would still stick with exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, why I say it would be hard in implementing it is because I think in, an, in the near future, I think maybe in my fifth year of medical school, in my first year as a houseman, I don't think I'm, I will have the time to mm-hmm. exercise uh, daily. Uh, you know, maybe even during the weekends, exercise may be a blessing, you mm-hmm. know. If you're on call during the weekends, stuff like that, yeah. you won't have time. Yeah. Uh, and so I think exercise, yeah, it, it is exercise. Well, yeah. I think it's important, and at least what I found too, is that you have made it a habit early on, and so you realize how important it is. Yeah. And so you will find ways to still do it, even yeah. if it's not every day, but you'll yeah. still find ways to do it regularly. Yeah. yeah. All right, last question is, what does a healthy life look like to you? Um, I think, I used to think that, um, you know, a healthy life involves just you know exercising and eating well, but I think there's a huge other um, you know element of um, um, relationship, mm-hmm. um, quality time, particularly quality time spent with your family, with your loved ones, uh, because I think that keeps you mentally sane. Yes. Uh, training is physically tiring; it is mentally tiring, um, but you know uh, having your family around. Um, you know, just relaxing with your loved ones during the weekends. I think that really helps. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Last question for you. How much do you sleep? How Are you able to prioritize sleep or wh- how much sleep do you end up getting? Um, so last time, previously sleep was, uh, again, an- another big issue. Uh, I was sleeping like four to five hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, I'm trying to sleep a bit earlier. I'm taking, a, taking some supplements to help me sleep better, like I think ZMA. 
mm-hmm. CMAs. They do help me sleep a bit better. Uh, but now I I get in about seven hours. Okay. Uh, but I think the next step would be to track my sleep my sleep quality, which is something I haven't been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always things to improve on. That's yep. for sure. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, sharing a little bit about your story. I'm excited to be able to share that with everyone listening. Thank you so much, Julie. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Hey there. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode. It was super interesting for me to sit down with Ian to hear from his perspective what it has been like to train and compete in the CrossFit Games while also working through medical school in Singapore. Here are some of my big takeaways from our conversation. Number one, it's clear that CrossFit is growing around the world, and I think having a national champion representing each country at the Games is only going to help it to develop internationally. It was great to hear Ian talking about the support he's received from his gym, from his school, his town and local community, and making his trip to the Games a success. Number two is that CrossFit will always expose your weaknesses. No matter how long you've been doing it or how much better you've become, there are always things that we can improve at. That's the beautiful thing about CrossFit. There's always something to work towards. And it's often those things that we really don't want to do because we're not as good at them that we can benefit most from practicing. There are also always unexpected variables that we can be thrown into, such as what Ian talked about With his disappointment in that first workout of the game, some of the challenges of being outside and having to deal with the sun, um, as well as having to deal with ropes that were a little bit different than the ones he had practiced on. So we've all been in situations that we weren't quite prepared for and we had to adapt in that moment. The more we can get comfortable with the uncomfortable and expect the unexpected, the better that we're all going to be able to handle those situations that we're not quite prepared for. My third takeaway was that support from family and friends is hugely important. It was clear that Ian was supported by his girlfriend who traveled with him halfway across the world to be there with him all weekend, but it was also clear that he had a huge cadre of support back home in Singapore. And it was so great to see this support in action, and I know that Ian competing at the Games was a huge inspiration for his family and friends back home too. So I hope you had some good takeaways from this episode yourself. Thanks again so much for tuning in as always. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. Pursuing Health.